Uh, hi guys, today I'm here with Miss Raven Gibbs and uh, she's been here, she's here to uh, talk about, to talk, sorry, she's here today to talk with me about being mindful, how to deal with, you know, mental issues in the middle of COVID and also to tell us a little bit about herself. Uh, so Raven, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, sure. Thank you for having me, first off. Um, again, my name is Raven. I am um, in the Raleigh area, Raleigh, North Carolina. I have been um, volunteering for different mental health organizations for many years, including Eustress Incorporated. I, this happened on accident, but <laughs> um, my passion has been mental health for so long. Um, at the age of 14, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And um, since then, I've really put a focus on learning more about not just, you know, anxiety and depression in, in themselves, but overall mental health and mental wellness, especially holistic practices of um, healing. Um, and that's how Mindfulness Movement was born. And I am currently in school for my pursuing license, licensures for um, clinical mental health counseling, and I'm really excited about it. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Uh, well, um, I think my first question would be, what advice would you want to give to people who want to get into your field, like in the field of mental health and counseling, and what would you want to tell them? I would say really do some deep introspective work. Um, I recently with people being more mindful of their mental health and seeing um, how necessary it is in the world. I've also seen people um, say that they want to go into the field and I always call it a heart check. Make sure that this is really something that you wanna do because you're dealing with people's lives. It's not just a trend. It's not just, oh, self-care is relaxing and putting cucumber on our eyes and face masks. It's, it's really doing the work. And like I said, because you're taking people's lives into your hands and you're, for many people, their sole resource at getting the help that they need, it can't just be a, a trend or something that's just fun to do you really have to be engaged and have a passion for it because on the other hand as a counselor it's not easy to take on other people's um other people's baggage i always um use the metaphor as a backpack when you're counseling people you're constantly putting stuff into people's in, into your backpack and at some point you're going to need to take that off because it's just way too heavy so just knowing that you're passionate about it, know that you love it, know that it's something that, you know, you can't be swayed because you heard a bad story or this broke your heart. Like you're going to hear some things that you may not want to hear. Have a love for it because if not, you're not going to put a hundred percent into it. Yeah, that's right. I think another thing I would like to add is that, um, you know, a lot of times people think that, you know, oh, mental health is just, you know, a counselor is just someone, you know, like, you know, they use the word, I'm seeing a shrink, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, they don't put it that much emphasis on it. They just put it down as someone, oh, he just listens to what I'm talking and I just rant and I just pay this person like an ungodly amount an hour and just, you know, they think of it in a negative connotation. And often I think they don't understand that sometimes just talking to another person from another perspective helps mm -hmm. and that you know mental health counselors and therapists are actually trained people for the 
for this mm-hmm. and you know they, they need they're taught how to take it you know how to deal with all of this and it's not just like oh you just tell something out to a friend and he just reacts randomly to it you know mm-hmm. because a lot of like when people come to talk to you as a mental health counselor i think a lot of what they say and what they don't say depends on your reaction to what you say right right if you, re- if you react too strongly or you react in a manner say oh really this is what you do or mm-hmm. like you know you make a face mm-hmm. like, you know which is something like oh that's disgusting i don't think the person would be compelled enough to tell you anything further and right troubling them. right so yeah it's a collaborative effort it requires you know engagement on both ends um yeah like you said, it's listening and, and speaking from a different perspective that maybe you hadn't thought about as the client, or I mean, even as a counselor, you're hearing a different perspective than what you would normally do. So um, just listening to each other, engaging and um, making sure it's, it's, it's teamwork and all honesty. Um, it's not just one person doing the work. Yeah. So uh, another thing what I would like to ask you is that what do you wish that, you know, you had known when you began this career? Like one thing you just popped up and you're like, oh, this is not what I expected this to look like. <laughs> I feel like the one thing that I, um, I feel like counseling programs do not do enough to train their counselors on self-care and turning off the counseling role. Um, I know for for me, I, I knew a lot about what my needs were as far as self-care. Like I can't just be in the house. I have to go out and, and get active. My self-care is releasing endorphins. Um, but I, I don't feel like there's enough of an emphasis on well, how does the counselor take care of themselves? I know a lot of counselors that go to counseling but what else are they doing outside of that to really take care of themselves? Um, and it's one of those things that's not even really talked about. Like um, we brought it up in class one time and um, just got different ideas of what people were doing for self-care. And a lot of people were saying, I don't know, I don't, what do you do? And I'm like, how do you not know what to do for self-care? But it, it's the reality of it. Like, Again, people a lot of times think that self-care is just, you know, relaxing in a bubble bath and things like that. While it can be that, like, what are you doing to really just make sure your mental is in a good place? Make sure your physical is in a good place. Like, what are you putting into your body? And I don't mean that just um, in the sense of like food or what, what you intake. Like, what are you looking at as far as news channels or um media outlets like what are you really putting in your body because that's a form of taking care of yourself as well so yeah i i wish i had practiced more mindfulness before going into a counseling program so i could be aware of what my limits were and things like that so what would you say as a counselor your limits are like where does it stop I, um, so one thing that I have an iPhone, one thing that I love about iPhone is it has this feature called downtime. And once you set it, say, well, mine is currently set from, um, seven to 7am to 10pm. I can use my phone at 10pm. 
I can't check my emails. I can only check um, certain contacts. Like I can put them as starred. Um, I can always change these settings, but for me, I've decided at 10 p.m. everything turns off. I have to have a limit or else I'll keep going. I know me well enough to know I don't know when to tell myself no until my body is physically telling me I can't do anymore. So having that feature and being forced to just cut everything out, quiet the mind, that is huge for me. Um, and while that may not work for everyone else, I, I can't just keep it on. It's like one of those things, um, I, I'm sure I'm not the only person, but the first thing that you do in the morning oftentimes is just grab your phone and it's like, no, what? take a moment to, to meditate, take a moment to pray or, or whatever you need to do to, you know, start your day off with in the best light. Like it can't just be reaching for your phone. It can't, that can't be the first thing that you ingest. So that's huge. <laughs> that downtime feature is the best thing that they've done. <laughs> Well, I didn't even know about it, and I have an iPhone as well. So thank you. I shall look into that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I, I totally agree with that because I feel like the first thing, I, it happens to me sometimes as well because, you know, maybe I have some assignments or maybe some mm -hmm. grades came in. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so I'm just like, you know, it's just there. And I just keep looking at it in the morning, and then I'm yep. just like, okay, you know what? No. And then I just, <laughs> I just get out. What I like to usually do is, um, I don't know if it's very dramatic or not, but uh, usually I like to listen to something really energetic in the morning. Uh -huh. And like, you know, like, you know, you just come up, maybe um, you know, listen to all these old songs from like 2000s and stuff. Where <laughs> you just like, you know, you suddenly in the morning, you listen to like old song from Triana or something. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine waking up in the morning and brushing to all the single ladies out there. And you know, it just, it just boosts you out in the day. Like you're just like, yes, you know, that's what's happening. So I think that's something which is really important. And, you know, I like to do as well. So, you know, the first thing when I get up in the morning mm -hmm. and it's annoying for everyone else living in the house because literally someone wakes up and it's like, my sister's like, can you shut it off? I'm trying to just get up and she's grumpy. And I'm just like, oh, get up. <laughs> no, we're kind of the same. So I have a Google home device. And when mm -hmm. I say good morning, it starts my playlist. Like, and so I'm waking up and I'm singing and well, my dog, she's in my lap right now, but she's usually popping up then too with the music. I'm like, come on, it's time to get the day started. <laughs> so I think that's great. Yeah, I think it, it boosts you up more than anything, like, you know, if you just, and I think even if I wake up in a grumpy mood and it's in a bad mood, and if I try to play cheerful songs, it kind of, like, gives you that small boost, and yeah. other people just go for, you know, maybe exercising and stuff like that, but then I'm lazy, so <laughs> I think just a little jiggling and shimming around in the bathroom is enough exercise for me for the day. <laughs> but yeah, so what would you say was like the best resources which helped you in utilizing you know becoming a counselor and you know um utilizing your um your support system i know for me another big thing that i, I had to do some some inner work i have a problem or had a problem with asking people for help or even talking to people about areas where i need improvement or, I mean, just issues in general. So um, 
I had to completely stop that because keeping things to myself, like really caused me to completely shut down. Like it was a horrible moment for me where I was just like crying and sad. And I'm like, I feel like I can't talk to anyone. And my whole support system was like, dude, we're here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so um, I think the biggest resource for me has been my support system, knowing that I can call on my brothers, my best friend, my mom, um, my cousins, even my mentors, um, of course, respecting their boundaries. <laughs> like I'm not calling them all times of the night, but just knowing that they're there, I can shoot a you know, simple text and say, I'm struggling. Can you help me here? And a lot of my um, friends, because they're um, engaging in like mindfulness practices, um, we operate in a way that's like non-judgmental. Um, coming in with an open mind, um, being able to speak freely, that has been so helpful to me. Like my support system is the best out there. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> um, I can talk to them about anything and I don't feel judged. I don't feel like because I don't know a certain thing that, you know, you're not smart enough. No, my support system is really keen on helping me grow. And I love that about them. Also, um, being or seeing my therapist, like, I, I think everyone should have a therapist. And I'm not saying that just because that is, you know, the profession that I'm passionate about. No, everyone should have a therapist. You should be able to vent to someone. <laughs> so, yeah, that's two, not one. <laughs> that's amazing. That, that's really nice. Like, you seem to have a lot of people to open up to. And I think that's really great. That's something amazing. And I don't mean to sound pessimistic, but you're actually very lucky because I've seen so many people, they struggle the same with you. And, you know, a lot of times they don't get to open up to people because they have like different family issues going up at home. So I think, you know, whenever we find different people to like open up to and then, you know, when say if you're in high school or something, opening up to your mm -hmm. friends and, you know, if something happens, I think that hurts you even more because you're in that stage of your life where you're so delicate right you know like a lot of times people don't understand but i think you can rely more on family than friends mm -hmm. yeah so that's amazing yeah i i say it all the time i'm very fortunate I, I i feel that i'm very blessed with the people that have not just my um family because my family support system is very strong we're very tight as well um i have a very close family but the friends that have been placed in my life, my goodness, like, I don't know what I did to deserve them, but I am blessed beyond measure. I, I smile just thinking about them because they are really my, my lifesavers, my, my everything. Like, <laughs> I, I love my friends. I can see that. I can see you shining. You're just <laughs> smiling. Awesome. It's, like, it's like a glow. <laughs> well um who would you say is your role model or your inspiration oh gosh <laughs> ah, okay, you can name so all of them have... you don't have to choose one like you don't um, have to have one my big brother um we're only a year apart so we're very very close we're 14 months apart so he's always been um not just my big brother but my best friend like i talk to him about everything <laughs> um and he'll give me advice from the brother perspective and you know also laugh with me like my best friend so that's that's my number one and of course my mom because that's my mom <laughs> <laughs> but i have um 
two friends that I'm, I'm like really, really close to. Um, I call her Luck, Kiera Luck. Uh, she's a sports journalist and we met in 2013 and have just been inseparable. Like, it's really weird because when people come around, they think we're actually sisters. We call each other sisters. We look alike, we act alike and do a whole bunch of like things that are similar. But um, I, I know that I can call on her at any instant and she will be here right away or give me sound advice or let me laugh, let me cry, all of that great stuff. And then as far as mentors, um, Renshawn Miller, he is the owner of Eustress Incorporated and the Good Stress Company in Charlotte. Um, wearing his shirt. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, he's... Um, finishing his PhD work, but he is a counselor in, well, he's a mental health change agent is what he calls it, <laughs> um, in Charlotte. And he's been so supportive on every step of the way, um, giving me advice, you know, sending me scholarship information so that I can get through school. <laughs> like just about anything that you can think of where you would want a mentor he has been that person, answers all questions, again, does not judge me when I'm like, well, what does this theory mean? Because that doesn't make sense to me. He's like, okay, well, let's break it down in a way that makes sense. I'm a dancer as well. So he'll put it in like dancer terms. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense to me. But he's just been awesome at pushing me. He does not let me stop or settle. So like my mom, my brother, um, my friend Luck and um, Rinshawn, like they are my my powerhouse. <laughs> they are awesome. That's amazing. Well, I've also seen that you dance. Like I was looking at your, you know, Instagram profile, and it just it was like a really cool side. And then you had like one dance routine thing, which is, and it was really cool. So like I think. I, I mean, from what I've spoken to you about, I think one thing which you keep mentioning is that self-care is something really important that mm -hmm. after ever since you were 14, you've been trying to learn as much as you can about yourself and how to deal with it and all of that. And I think maybe, I don't know, I'm assuming that's, that's completely assumptional, <laughs> but maybe you picked up dancing or, you know, you like dancing and you realized you could make something out of it. And um, so how did you find uh, a way that, you know, hey, these are the type of dancers or if you know if you do these certain kind of forms and stuff like that that maybe you know it's better for you and you know you can help relieve your stress and whatnot or was it like hey I I really like dancing and you know I think that if we you know we just do this and we have this fun little number it's going to be really fun so. <laughs> so I this is odd so I initially did not want to dance. I was named after Raven Wilkinson, the first black ballerina. And um, so I guess I was inclined to dance <laughs> before I even knew it. But I was like, I don't know about it. I was a huge tomboy growing up. But what I did learn in dance classes were um, discipline. That's the first thing. Like, um, that's huge. Like taking care of your body, taking care of yourself again. You have to if you want to dance. And then I realized that, hey, I'm actually kind of good at this. <laughs> like, this works. So that there, it helped my self-esteem. And of course, um, when I started learning more about anxiety and depression, dance allows you to release so many endorphins. It's, it's 
cathartic in all honesty even if you're not dancing in a uniformed way like you don't need choreography to release just that movement alone it's just mm-hmm. like you know running for people that enjoy running I don't but <laughs> it's like I, mean, I don't either no <laughs> I cannot not at all but um, just being able to move your body and finding, you know, the joy in, in having that motion, because again, not everyone is blessed in that way. And just being able to, you know, connect with, like you, connect with music that just makes you happy. It can completely change your mood. Like, I don't think that I would be able to make it through a counseling program if it weren't for dance or some type of release. Because again, you're keeping all of that baggage in your backpack and you're not taking anything out. (laughs) When I get on the dance floor, I get to take everything out of that backpack, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, and just leave it there and keep it moving. And that is the best thing for me like hands down. I love, even when I'm not in a studio space, I can, the living room, you see the speaker in the back, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will turn on music and just dance through here like what seems like a crazy person, but it feels good to me. And I can just let it go. Whatever, just let it go. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's amazing. I I think it's just... um... I don't know when you said that I'm da- you're dancing in the living room. I just imagined like you know there's a window behind you, and I just imagined that if someone was like looking at her from there, and you just see her dancing. Because ever since that TV show you came out, everything all I keep thinking of is someone is looking through my curtains. I love that show too. I, it's like my guilty pleasure show. So. Yeah. I, I I can see that. Yeah. So if someone yeah. were stalking you, I think they'd just find you dancing out and just doing your, living your life. Well entertained. <laughs> <laughs> they would. They would for sure. <laughs> well, um, if you look back, what would you say was like your biggest failure, and what do you think? Like, you know, how did you bounce back from it? Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> biggest failure. You know, I feel like, um, and I know I'm not the only person that struggles with this, but negative self-talk can really take you away from a lot of experiences. So I, I, I don't know if I should label this a failure or not. I, I call every failure an experience. Um, I talked myself out of a really big audition. <laughs> and I think about it often because my brain was saying, you're not good enough. You don't have the training. All of these people have agents. You don't have an agent. Oh, you did a few shows? Mm, They're not like their shows. You shouldn't do it. Don't even waste your time. And so I drove all the way, all the way to Atlanta and did not audition. And I sat in my friend's apartment (laughs) and I just, you know, just sat there and I'm thinking maybe I should get dressed and go. Maybe not. I saw like some of my friends actually, you know, because they published the audition on live and everything. I saw them actually get chosen. And I'm like, I can't believe I talked myself out of that. (laughs) Like, why did I do that to myself? So I don't know if that's a big failure, but it was one of those moments where I had to like really put myself in check and say, why did you say that to yourself? Like, who are you to doubt 
the abilities that you are blessed with. Who are you to doubt you know, or basically tell everyone that believes in you that you're incapable? Who are you to, you know, waste your talent when your your parents, your mom has invested in it? Like she's put poured money into you and you chose to shut down your own talents. You didn't even give anyone else the opportunity to view them and say, maybe this isn't what you what they want. You did that to yourself. Who does that? <laughs> and I legit had to, <laughs> on my way driving back from Atlanta, the whole ride home, I'm like, does that like what did you just do who are you so if anything that might be my biggest failure and I I have this thing and all of my friends know it I have a really hard time with with not telling myself no but with understanding the concept of no I don't like rejection all of that great stuff so I let the idea of possible rejection oh like overpower you know possible acceptance and whatever else was to come from that audition but yeah it was it was a long six seven hours <laughs> coming back to Raleigh <laughs> but um just, by the time you were beat you were just like I'm so tired from driving and from all that thinking and I think I agree with that because I am literally kind of like that in a lot of things mm -hmm. uh, so because um I'm a junior in college and uh, I think like, you know, my resume isn't that great. And this is kind of the time when everyone starts applying for internships and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And a lot of my friends are doing very well and I'm very glad for them. I genuinely am. You know, but then like, you know, you see people go up and be like, hi, I'm doing a degree in computer science and, you know, I got a job in Intel and, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, interning at Apple and I'm just like, okay I don't yay. Know. <laughs> yay and I think that like a lot of times and I don't mean it in a bad way it's just that when you grow up around that that you know okay you know you're in a certain things and you're you're certainly used to okay these are the kind of grades I used to get so like I think a lot of times we're so stuck with trying to be successful and trying to be the best and this and that and we just don't realize that and, you know, we just take all of that pressure on ourselves. We just build it up, pile it up, pile it up, pile it up. And then I think in the end, we're just, we can't handle it ourselves. And, um, okay. you know, and it's just that repetitive behavior. And I think that's one big reason which kind of contributes to, you know, anxiety today and the stress today. Absolutely. Because, like, when the, if you're trying so hard to be the best and you don't have time to explore yourself, if you can't live up to that very extremely high potential or like the standard, not potential, sorry, the standard which everyone holds you to, I think, right. you know, you are going to start doubting yourself. You are going to get yeah. stressed because you're not able to do it. And, you know, human beings are social people, you know, we just, we want to be the person who's following the norm, who's sticking, you know, fitting in and, you know, yeah. sticking to what we know because that's how, what we're, that's kind of how we're, <laughs> and you know so kind like, of, yeah I'm sorry no I'm sorry please go on <laughs> um I feel like right now we are in a constant state of comparison um again social media it plays a huge part in that but you're constantly seeing you know people's successes and people rarely post their failures so all you see is 
you know, well, this is happening for me and this is happening for me. So then you start looking at yourself, well, why isn't that happening to me? Or what about me? It's, it's a constant cycle. And again, that's one of the reasons why I appreciate the downtime feature. I can turn that off and I can really focus on what makes me happy? What about me really speaks to me? <laughs> I also have a gratitude journal. Like I, I understand where you are right now with, you know, your friends applying to internships because I was in your position, like your exact position. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's nice. I should probably look into that, huh? <laughs> and I don't know. I just, I don't feel like um, I graduated as prepared for life as I should have been when compared to my friends. Like I decided a week before graduation, you know, I'm not going to go to law school. I'm going to go dance on someone's tour. What? Like <laughs> that alone is like, what do you mean? Have you even auditioned? Nope. <laughs> I'm just going to go do it. So I understand not feeling like, you know, you have it all together and that's okay. In this moment, what is it about you that you're still so thankful for and so grateful for? Like, what brings you joy? What are you passionate about? These are things that I write down every day in my journal, my gratitude journal. I have a couple. But <laughs> in my gratitude journal, I, I make sure I'm, again, in the morning, before looking at my phone, I'm practicing my affirmations. I'm, you know, meditating, praying, and then I'm writing down what I'm grateful for and what I expect to receive from the day. Not from next week, not <laughs> in the future, even though, you know, we'd love to, I guess, kind of predict what happens in the future. And yeah, that's great and all, but what are we going to focus on today that will build our future? Um, so if you don't have a gratitude journal or a journal in, in that way where you can talk about your today goals instead of your long-term goals and just see how they build up into your long-term goals, I totally encourage you to do that because I understand what you're feeling because that was me my whole junior and <laughs> senior year. I'm like, Ooh, you guys are doing great. What the heck am I doing with myself? <laughs> yeah, I think it just took me quite some time because I'm just, I don't know. It's just the way you're used to thinking. So after a while, I was just like, you know what? <laughs> no but more than that I think like you know saying that you know screw this like I think it just helped me put aside all of that and it's just, mm -hmm. like just put it aside and now I'm, okay I can focus on myself now that I'm yes. not focusing on you know what this art person is what doing. you can't even control exactly and I think one important thing I I feel like I then I realized something and I told myself I'm like dude I don't think even if you could have, it would have really like worked working at like Apple or Intel because these are kind of like IT companies mm -hmm. and I'm majoring in psychology and economics. So there are <laughs> roles, but not in the field which I'm going for. Right, right. Everyone is so caught up in like, hey, you know, this and that. And I'm just like, a lot of the roles aren't even for me. And this, that's yeah. actually what I want to do with my life. So why am I getting caught up in someone else's whole dangling thing? And then right. you just realize that and you're just like, oh, okay. I'll come <laughs> down. Okay. 
Yeah, <laughs> Once you true. realize that and you're, you're like, okay, that isn't me. And that's okay. Like exactly. That part is gonna it's it's a life changer that it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and then I just realized that hey, I can do something with my life. And if not, there's always a chance to run away with a whole new identity, work, just, I don't know, live by the beach, work as I would love to do off yeah, the grid living. That is still a goal of mine. Yeah, like if nothing works, I'll go to Hawaii with a new name. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> no, you're you're doing great. Like I again that spirit of comparison, it is innate in all of us and it will drive you crazy until you realize like what is it that truly makes you happy. If honestly you say you love music and, and just dancing around. If you want it to be a meditative dance coach, that's literally what they do. If you find something that you're good at and you're passionate about and it brings you joy, that's your thing. You don't have to be, you know, this super IT person. I, I went into college thinking I was going to be a doctor. I have a whole fear of blood. But because I saw my friends like, oh, wow, you're in the nursing program? Oh, I'm going to be like you? Like, I, I spent two years struggling in biology and um, in chemistry, and I don't even like blood. Like, how am I going to be a doctor? I'm going to have to see this at some point. And I realized this just is not for me, and that's okay. And my friends are doing great. They're doctors in different states, but that's just not me. I support them. I love them. I sure wish I could do it because my, my goal in life is just to heal people, but maybe it wasn't healing in that way. Maybe it's healing with the mind. That's okay. Like, and I had to have that long speech. It's okay, dude. <laughs> You're just going a different route. Still the same end goal to heal, but a different way. It's okay. I think, when, yeah, exactly. When it clicks into place, I think you're just mm -hmm. like, whoo, okay. <laughs> Thank oh, you. It. <laughs> it's just fixed out now. And then at the end of it, you're just like, thank God it's done. You know, mm -hmm. it's done. I thought that I've learned a lot from that, but then I need to chill. <laughs> I need exactly. to calm the hell down. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> yes. And we're back to being whoever we were before all of this. <laughs> There's always like a pre over exaggerated overthinking whole mm -hmm. zone with it. And then there's like a post of that and you're just like, hmm, cool, let's just go watch some Netflix. <laughs> Because that's basically, yeah, mm -hmm. that stuff is so tiring. And I think, you know, this, you know, when you were saying that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of times, like, you know, a lot of kids these days, you know, they're diagnosed with depression, with anxiety, and things like that. And I think they don't understand that, you know, self care is very important for them mm -hmm. because, you know, you understood that and, you know, you wanted to learn as much as you can about that. But a lot of times with, you know diseases like these it's just it's just that you know you go down that spiral and you know sometimes you're not thinking rationally right and mm -hmm. i think you know when all of this adds on to that that you know oh everyone seems to be doing well but i'm the only one who's not doing well mm -hmm. i think that just adds in more and you're just like what am i doing and you just it just makes you feel more and more and just before the spiral down yeah, yeah. so i think i don't know i maybe we could talk a bit more about this topic because I feel like as a person who's gone through that and you know you, you've tried the best to like pick up some tips and you know use things as resources which to heal yourself and understand yourself maybe mm -hmm. you could like you know tell some 
you know, the kids or like whoever is listening to this podcast as, you know, maybe what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing? I, again, journaling has been huge for me. Um, Even if you feel like you don't have a resource who's going to be able to listen to exactly how you feel, your journal is going to be able to listen to you. (laughs) You know, you can um, get those feelings out of there. You don't have to worry about, you know, confidentiality or anyone spreading how you feel. So that's, that's number one. I encourage everyone to, to journal like that's, it's been so huge for me, but really be um, curious to all that's out there for you. Don't box yourself in so much. Um, again, that, that spirit of comparison will have you in this little box thinking that this is where I'm supposed to be because this is what everyone else is doing. It's okay to take a step back and really discover who you are and what you like. It doesn't have to be like everyone else's um, ideal thing. That's okay. Um, just be, again, with mindfulness, you practice open-mindedness and um, living in a non-judgmental way, which means, you know, you come in just clear with like, even if you have knowledge on the subject, you're supposed to act like, Here's the best way that I break it down for my students. Come in with the same curiosity as a two or three-year-old. They don't know anything, but they are so willing to take risks. They don't listen to you when you say no. (laughs) And they get really excited when you cheer. If you go into every experience with that same same mindset where I can do anything, I'm not going to listen to you. I don't know what this is, but I'm going to try it. Even if it hurts me, I'm going to try it. Like, I'm not saying hurt yourself, but I'm saying just take the risk, the same risk that a two and three-year-old, and I don't know if you've been around a lot of them, but they they are so risky. They just learned how to walk, but now they want to run, and then they want to, it's just too much. I have nieces and nephews. I'm like, why are you doing that? But then again, I'm like, well, you don't really know how this works. So that's why you're over here trying to put you know, stuff in a blender, like, you know, (laughs) they just do stuff, like, what are you doing, not, not the best example of the blender, I don't let my nieces and nephews do that, (laughs) but just explore, be open to all that life has to offer you, Um, get out of that box, be the two or three-year-old, like, approach life with that same zeal. They are so excited, even when they feel like, have you ever seen a, a little, a child when they're first walking, they fall, but they're not like, woe is me, I can't do it anymore. They're like, okay, I fell. Some of them laugh, but they get back up and they're trying again. Like, what if you approach life in that same way? Like, what could you accomplish if you just took that chance, you fall down, you get back up because you don't know what's three steps in front of you. you you've never walked before. <laughs> it's, it's a I feel like that's how I approach most of my life. Like, and I've been that way for forever. I'm, I don't understand the concept of, no, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to do it. And if I fail, I fail. It's okay. I've learned something. But I will be able to say I did this experience and nobody can take that away from me. Nobody can say I haven't lived life to the fullest extent that I know how. Like, I actually went and I lived. So 
I don't know if that answered the question. <laughs> that did, that did. Thank you, thank you. That, that did, you actually explained it really beautifully. Like, I was just so caught up in listening to, you know, your stories and how you were explaining it. So that, that, that was great. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I feel like you're a really good teacher. I feel like you explain things with such, like, you know, with the stories and with the things. And I feel like you're a really amazing teacher. Oh, good. Yay. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Oh, well, um, I think one of my final questions. Oh, actually, I have two of them. Uh, <laughs> I think one of my uh, second last question would be, how did you meet Tristica? Um, online. So as much as I talk about um, social media and how I'm not the biggest fan, I've made some meaningful and powerful connections online. And I feel like that has been so beautiful that is the best part about social media like pictures are nice statuses are great but i meet some really awesome people on instagram <laughs> so yes on instagram <laughs> um, that's amazing yeah i think it's just that these are like two sides two sides to a coin you know because mm -hmm. a lot of times you just meet someone you click and you're like they're half a continent away from me how is this working I have a whole best friend who lives in Hawaii like and I don't social media brought us together <laughs> and we finally met in um when did we meet we met in person in 2018 but from 2014 to 2018 we only knew each other from Instagram and then I finally uh we exchanged numbers so then it turned into you know FaceTime chats and stuff like that but we didn't meet until 2018 and then when we met it was like bestie oh my gosh so thank you Instagram if nothing else I got a couple friends from there <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's so true that's so true i mean i have a couple of friends from like random places and you just wonder hey in a normal circumstance we would have never talked like never talked but it's just it, it's just crazy i love um, how it works that way too like it's organic yeah. friendship in the most inorganic way <laughs> yeah and i think th those friendships are really honest and true because both of these people don't have anything to gain from each other. It's mm -hmm. like you can't be using each other because you, both of the people have no connection to each other in their lives, you know? Right. Yeah. Just talking because you guys connect and that's the only thing which you had something you. in common that connected you two and yeah. it just built that friendship. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's, it's pretty amazing. Oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, well, I think my final question for you would be, what do you, how do you think COVID has impacted you? Like, you know, in terms of your mental health? And... It's been crazy. No. <laughs> um, so COVID has, of course, put a halt on all things touring. Um, again, I, I dance. So I have had to change everything from how I continue to live <laughs> or it's um, support myself financially um, my outlet initially changed um, I had a dance studio in Durham and had to close it due to COVID so I after that I did go into a little bit of a, a valley <laughs> um, because I'm like how am I going to dance again like I have nothing I've lost my passion and ah. Uh, just uh, the drama. But then I started thinking about, you know, 
um, what I'm grateful for. Like I, I have a home with space where I can still dance. It's not dancing like what it used to be, but it is still dance. Um, yeah, I'm not able to see my students, but we have Zoom. I have, I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, electricity and Wi-Fi that I can still connect with them. It's not ideal, but are, are we still connecting? Absolutely. You know, I, I think it's a perspective shift more than anything. Um, of course, going into COVID, I'm like, I don't get to travel. I love to travel. I, I love to see my friends. I'm very much an ambivert, but when I'm with my friends, I'm totally an extrovert. How am I going to compensate for that? So, of course, my FaceTime um, dates have gone up <laughs> to see my friends and things like that. Um, it's changed a lot, but it's also showed me how creative we as a people are and how we're able to pivot. Um, so, if anything, initially, of course, I thought that COVID was going to be the end of everything for us. Like, oh my gosh, I can't, you know. You, just a little dramatic, just a little bit. <laughs> but when you really start to think about it, it's like that perspective shift where you start thinking, gosh, I'm really blessed that I, I've seen how it's impacted some and I'm not in that position. Like I, I'm praying for the people in, you know, certain positions, but gosh, thank you for, for keeping me thank you for you know covering me thank you for making sure that even though I can't be on someone's stage I am still able to provide for myself financially and you know still do the things that make me happy I'm, I'm able-bodied I'm healthy I can still see my friends and communicate and and meet new people like I it's not that that bad i don't want to you know diminish anyone if someone's still in that space of this is horrible once you shift that perspective you start thinking about the many blessings like we're still here um we may have lost some but gosh we've gained angels like <laughs> it's it's really about how you look at it um if anything i feel like covid has been more of a blessing to me than um than any damage because it's giving me a chance to um, pause, to take a step back and reset. It's been the ultimate reset button. It hasn't all been great. It hasn't all been pretty, but it's been able to help me slow down because I don't. <laughs> I never do. Um, prior to COVID, I was still touring and working and had the studio and nonprofit and school and it's so much. And now it's like, it's taught me to be quiet and be still and really just value my own presence and find other things that I learned that I'm very creative and I can do DIY product projects. Like that has been huge for me. Like <laughs> I built a desk <laughs> and some floating shelves. Like oh, it made wow. me so happy. Like I can cut wood and I can make little designs. <laughs> That's huge. I know that doesn't seem like much to anyone else. But I grew carrots this year. <laughs> like, it has been the ultimate slow down. Like, take a moment to just get back in touch with you. Like, who are you really? I realized I didn't know as much as I thought I knew about myself. I'm a great gardener. <laughs> like, just random things. I'm like, wow, COVID had it not come, I don't think I would have known that. I mean... 
I feel like anybody could put a seed in the ground and something might grow, but wow, I actually grew my own carrots. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. For me, it's been, it's been eye-opening. It's, it's revealed a lot about me and um, humanity as a whole. Like, we are really able to adjust and, and make the best out of what seems like a very, it, it is a crappy situation, but we've been able to make the best out of it. And I love that about us. Um, I just think we're awesome. Like what a resilient people we are. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I agree with that because I feel like COVID has brought out I mean, I like to call it the true nature of people because mm-hmm. usually everyone's going around, everyone's so nice and this and that, you know, everyone's so politically correct. And then mm-hmm. it's usually truly when in the face of, you know, in times of need and during when people are in trouble, you really understand how they are. Yeah. And while there have been a lot of idiots, <laughs> a lot of idiots. Like the whole mask. I'm, uh, we're going to uh, storm target without our mask. And then, you know... I can't breathe through it. I'm like, people with asthma can breathe through a mask. Like they have shown that they can breathe through. If you were in surgery right now, wouldn't you want your surgeon to have on a mask? Like, come on, you can do this. Just simple things, and you just look at them and you just realize, okay, are you really using your brain? But then, (laughs) but then I realized that you know I can't always just always convince someone to change the way they think because as much as I don't agree with it. I can't change that person. Sometimes you feel like just taking the person, just shaking them. Shake, like, yeah, I just, just shake it out of them. I'm like, I'm going to shake the stupid out of you. But then it's just, it, it just frustrates you. But then I think after that, you realize, okay, I can't control all of this. I just mm-hmm. need to take a step back and focus on the good things. And there have been a lot of good things, you know. People mm-hmm. have come forward to help each other. People have, you know, health workers, are even, you know, even in the times like this, they're working overtime, they're overexerting themselves, they're putting themselves mm-hmm. in so much danger just so that they can help people. Right. And I think that's the ultimate thing that, you know, all of these people, there's so many people who are going out there, businesses are starting again, delivery services, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, just so that everyone can make sure and the world's kind of running again. Right. But yeah, so I think it's just like two ways to look at it. And mm-hmm. you know, like you said, that, it was a really good time for people to slow down and find out who they are. And I think even with like families and, you know, friends, people yeah. just got like a small chance to just pause and be like, where am I doing all this running around to? Like, where am mm-hmm. I running around to? Like, is there a point to this or not? I think. And we realize there's really no point to it. Slow yeah. down. <laughs> like, take a moment and enjoy the present. Like, I, I can only speak for me, but one of those big things that had played into my head um, prior to COVID was what's my next move? What's next? And it's a constant thing, like what's next? And I'm not, I'm focused so much on the future that I found myself not completely enjoying the present as much as I should have or could have been. Like there have been so many great things that did happen during or prior to COVID that I just did not fully take advantage of or fully even realize because I'm so stuck on, okay, well, what happens next? Like, no, breathe in this moment, take it all in, like, make sure it connects with your heart and your mind, like, take this in deep. 
and then move forward to the next thing. <laughs> Take a deep breath. So I, I appreciate the reset as I, I hope that doesn't sound bad. I might seem a little crazy, but I, I really do appreciate it. Well, I get it. Like amongst all the craziness, <laughs> you've found like you know something to keep you calm during the storm. So like, mm-hmm. and I got a puppy out of it. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best thing. You know, that, that's the best bonus. You just She's get a awesome. puppy. She sleep. She won't wake up, but she, yeah. <laughs> she's right here in my lap. Sorry. <laughs> so that's amazing. But yeah, it was really, really nice talking to you. Thank you. It was great talking to you. I, I guys should do like bigger conversations like this. Yeah. I don't know if you do, but this yeah. this was great. Like this yeah. is great, really. <laughs> I mean, I think I would try for bigger conversations because mm-hmm. it would just everyone would come together, but. I don't know, but that's a really good idea. Like, you should <laughs> because you're your easy friends. to talk to. Very Thank you. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually very scared to do podcasts and whatnot. And I don't know. It's just, okay, I'm going ahead and saying this on record. I'm usually very scared to do all of this. <laughs> but then, like, you know, I remember the first time Jessica was like, you know, you have to interview me. And I was sweating buckets. Like, you know, on camera, you can't see anything. <laughs> behind me, my shirt's wet. And all of it. And I was just so scared. But yeah, thank you. Like, talking to you has been so easy. Like, you know, it just feels just like a normal, effortless conversation we're having. Okay. And so you don't feel like we're meeting for the first time. And right. <laughs> it, like, states across. It does not Again, feel like social that. media and inorganic, organic connection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, not a problem. Well, I'll see you then. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.